0: Welcome to the Midweek Motivation Podcast, where we bring practical help for your faith and life. Here's today's episode. If someone came up to you in the mall and offered you 10 times more power in your life, if you would just do three things, what would you say? Would you even think, oh, I don't even know if I need more power in my life. I doubt it. I bet you'd say more power, yes, please. Because a lot of us are walking around our lives on a day-to-day going like, oh, I don't even know if I can make it through this moment. You know, I don't know if I can deal with another meeting like this. I don't know if I can get my stuff done today. I don't know if I can have that conversation with my spouse. I don't know if I can make it through another week of managing the kids and everything that's going on. I mean, most of us would say, I got to figure out how to get more power in my life. And the truth is, many of us are sort of in in some ways kind of doing the zombie thing through life, just underpowered. And I think it's one of the biggest problems that people face in the entire world. Uh, for sure, people of faith need more power. And the great news is there's way, way, way more available. And yes, there is a trade-off. So I'm gonna talk to you about the three things that are the trade-off and how to get that 10X power in your life. Now, if you've ever heard the thing about people using only 10% of their brains. Uh, I used to think that was true. Did a little reading, found out, oh, that's possibly a big myth. And there's lots of reasons why that could be a myth. But I don't think there's any exaggeration in saying, we use only 10% of the power available to us. It might even be more drastic than that, especially when you look at what God tells us in the New Testament in Ephesians chapter one, where the apostle Paul is unpacking a drastic change that has happened for those who have believed. And he tells us that we've been completely changed. He tells us that if you're a believer in Jesus, if you're somebody who just acknowledges that Jesus Christ is the savior, he goes, well, then you are blessed. You are chosen. You are adopted. You are loved. You are forgiven. You are included. And he goes on to talk about three major, major, major gifts that change all of our lives if we can receive and integrate them. They're so big that he actually says, I've been, he he said, since I heard about you, I haven't stopped praying for you. He's like, I'm begging God to do the miracle of letting you receive these three things. One of them is knowledge of God. Like an intimate experience of knowing God. He goes, I want you I want you to experience what it's like to know God more, to know him better, to grow in your knowledge of God, because it's going to revolutionize your life in in many ways. Paul will paint the picture for us that that's the whole point of life to know God and to be in relationship with him second thing he says is i want you to have confident hope and i want and i'm praying, and i'm begging god to give the ability to receive the the confident hope that he has you know that optimism not just optimism it's it's the it's the confidence it's the conviction that what god has promised is going to come to pass and paul says it, it would change your life so radically if you could receive that knowledge of God that intimate relationship with him that confident hope and the third thing that he talks about is power but he doesn't just say power he actually says the incomparably great power for us who believe he talks about that power being the same amount of power that God in the bible words that God exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and i i pictured God you know the ruler of the universe, the creator of all things, the, the one who did raise Christ from the dead. But I pictured, what is it like for God to have to exert himself? How much power is that? I mean, I don't know what the greatest display of power you've ever been around in your whole life is, but if you've ever stood outside an airplane on the, the tarmac, you know, where you have to walk up those stairs in, in, those, in those airplanes, where you gotta, you gotta walk up the stairs into the plane, uh, and you've been near that jet engine. And you know you you see the other planes going by, and and I think to myself, that is so much power you know, coming through those jet engines. Uh, if you can imagine an eruption of a volcano, so much power is being released there. But all those things are not even a smidge of a, a fraction of the kind of power God exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. And then Paul tells you and me, listen to this. Now, if you're, if you're sitting here going like, what is the point here? Listen, you got up this morning and you tried to make a decision about whether you're going to get up when your alarm went off or not. And that has everything to do with your power, Right. You, uh, yesterday, you were tempted to do something and you tried to make a decision on whether you're gonna do the right thing or go the path of least resistance. And that has everything to do with how much power you're accessing. It's, It's not necessarily how much power you have, it's how much you're accessing right now. If you're a follower of Jesus, he tells us God put the same amount of power in your life as he exerted when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So apparently it's like the old brain thing, but this is true. We don't even access a fraction of the power that we have available to us. Reminds me, I was uh, recently, my son said, Dad, you should go look at Teslas. He said, I was in the mall at the Tesla store and I asked him questions and he said, I'm I'm very interested in a Tesla. And he said, you should go look at one. So I was like, well, I I don't think I can afford one. I don't know if I want one, but I am curious enough to go to the store and ask about one. I'll go to the Tesla store, you know, just trying to trying to sneak in. And I don't know if you know how it is, but you can never sneak into a store like that. Somebody's going to notice you. <laughs> might have been that I was eating popcorn inside the car for a couple hours. I don't know. But um, sitting there in the Tesla store, looking at the car, wondering, well, how much do these things cost? I'm not familiar. I've never had a car like that before. You know, what's the charging like? How much electricity does it cost to charge? I'm asking all kinds of questions. What's the payment? What's the down payment? What are the fees? What are the terms? Can you buy back the car after the lease? I'm asking all these questions. And then and then I'm asking, okay, what's the difference between the base model and the next model up? And here's an interesting thing that they said. They said the base model has this much power and this much range and, and goes this fast. The next model up, they said... Uh, has this much power and this much range and goes this fast. And it was a big difference. And they said one of the things that happens is is that it just gets a, a software update that allows that to happen. And I thought, what? You're telling me that you pay money and without anything in the physical car having to be swapped out, there's a software update that allows the car to have more power. What? it's not that different than what has happened for you. If you're a follower of Jesus, there's been a software update. Did you know that? Did you know there's been a software update that allows you to access the actual power of God in your life? Whoa, what kind of difference would it make for you if you had more power in your life? I mean, Imagine the, the, the times that you say, I can't do the thing that I know I'm supposed to do. Maybe it's a, a big step of faith. Maybe it is that you've got some decision to make. Maybe it is that you you have a new idea and you know it's from God and you know that you're supposed to pursue it, but you feel like you don't have the energy to give to it. But imagine if all of a sudden you did and you were so energized and you had the persistence and the, the power and the ability to keep going in it. And you, you know, if you look around at your life, and there is people that are resisting you. Sometimes you are trying to do the right thing, and there is people that are coming against you. But you had the power to overcome that. You know, it'd be amazing what could happen. In fact, in the New Testament, Jesus uh, is is the the one that we all you know think of as the most powerful. And Paul says in Ephesians one, he says, "I want you to live your lives in such a way that you will be to the praise of His glory, that you'll be like." this spectacle that people can look at and point to and go like, wow, God must be real. A long time ago, I got a chance to see the Northern Lights with my wife. Unbelievable. We're standing in Northern Wisconsin and we're looking up at the sky at night and all of a sudden everything starts dancing and we were just amazed. And we were in, jaws dropped. I mean, absolute wonder. But we weren't worshiping the Northern Lights. We were worshiping the God who made the Northern Lights. The the Northern Lights were the thing that got our attention and reminded us that there was a God who's good and powerful and loving and awesome and creative. And we turned our attention to God because of that incident and Paul is saying in Ephesians 1, when God's power gets to work in your life and you live a life of power, you access the power that God has given you so that you make better decisions, so that you don't quit when the going gets tough, so that you don't back down. He's like, you're gonna be the Northern Lights for people. They're, your kids are gonna look at your life and they're like, wow, God must be real. They're going You're gonna be that spark that wakes people up, that reminds them that there's a heavenly father who loves them and who can also empower them. That's the difference that power can make in our lives. However, there are three very common things that take it away or prevent it from happening. And here's the three shifts that I mentioned earlier on. There's three big barriers. The first one is sin. Sin is anytime we cross that line of doing something we know we shouldn't do. I mean, God would call it missing the mark. The literal word means it's, a, it's an archery term from the New Testament, from the old Greek really. And it means somebody's shooting an arrow at a target and it misses the mark. And in the old days, the archers would call out the word miss. You missed. That's the word that we use for sin. We missed. We missed the perfection, the bullseye. I do it all the time. I'm sure you do too. But When we have sin in our lives, it disrupts our connection with God and it does block his power from coming into our lives. I I was reflecting on Psalm 66 where the psalmist said, if I had cherished sin in my heart, you would not have heard me, God. Because it does, it interrupts the power and the work of God in our life when we cherish sin, continually pursue something we know is wrong. And the second thing is division. When our relationships are stressed, strained, fractured, when we know that there is division happening and there's unrestored relationships in our lives that we're not willing to approach, it's a major power blocker for us. Uh, it not only affects our health in a negative way, but it really does affect that spiritual power that we want flowing into our lives. And so there's there's those, those barriers, the sin, the division. The third one is doubt. When we go, I just don't know if God can do it. I don't know if God can empower me. I don't know if he can help me to do the thing that he told me he wanted me to do. That's just doubt, right? And the solution to these things is is really, they're not hard. They're not complicated things. They're very simple things. They do take us really surrendering to God in this. I mean, if there's sin in our lives, we have to confess. That just means to say the same thing as God about the situation that we keep crossing the line over, to say the same thing as God. Meaning, I'm confessing, God, that you're right and I'm wrong, that what, I'm doing is wrong and that your way is is right. And it doesn't mean that we confess so that we can check a box so that we can keep doing this, the thing that we know is wrong, but but we've just some cleared the decks for a week or something like that. It means to confess means to say the same thing as God, to acknowledge, God, this is wrong, and I'm gonna turn away from it and I'm gonna go another way, that we would actually set aside that behavior. The Bible would call that repentance. You know, that that, that turning away, that confessing. If it's division, we need to forgive. And that's the thing that's in our control, right? To forgive. A lot of time there's division because we've harbored bit bitterness uh, f- at someone. We've targeted them, said, I- I'm mad at you, you know, I'm angry. And so we, we, we swallow that, we harbor it, and it eats us alive, but it also blocks God's power in our lives. And maybe there's You're just kind of looking at this going like, yeah, I feel like I have been a little weak lately. I I can't seem to do the right thing. I can't seem to muster the energy to pursue all that God has called me to do in my life. It could be, is there some unconfessed sin in your life? It's not complicated. Just confess that sin. Is there some division where you're, you're harboring bitterness at somebody and you need to forgive them? Forgive them. Decide. Choose right now. Just say, okay, God, I'm forgiving them. I'm letting it go. That just means that you're saying, I won't hold it against them anymore. It doesn't mean that you pull them back into your family circle of trust right away. It's not the same thing. Forgiveness and restoration are two separate things. Forgiveness and trust are two separate things. There's got to be a process to that. But to forgive means I'm not going to let this eat me alive anymore. I'm not going to hold it against them. I'm not going to live... So that I can see revenge uh, in their life. The third thing that we, when we doubt, is we just need to believe. We need to we need to take take a step of faith and believe believe that God can do what He said He would do. And I think even one step further that you can do the thing that God has called you to do. If God has asked you to do something, whether it be something in Scripture where He says, "Hey, look." Don't do this or do this. There's plenty of those places in Scripture, guidance for our lives, right? And sometimes we look at that and we're like, well, it's too hard. I can't do it. But you can do it. And to believe that you can do it acknowledges and it honors that amazing power that God has placed in our lives. You can do, the Bible says, all things through Christ who strengthens you. And it might be something that's already written in Scripture. It might be something specific that he's given you. You know, I want you to raise a godly family. I want you to start this business. I want you to begin this ministry. I want you to to change your family tree. I want you to be a community leader. I want you to build the best marriage that anyone has ever had in your whole family history. Any of those things, if they're from God, he's telling you, I've given you the power to do it. And when you confess and forgive and believe and you re-invite God's amazing incomparably great power back into your life, what's going to happen is you're going to start showing up in the world as the Northern Lights. And Katy Perry is going to start singing a song in the background. Baby, you're a firework. I mean, this is going to be a great season for you if you if you will do these things, if you will just surrender your pride really and say, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna confess, I'm gonna forgive, I'm gonna believe, and I'm gonna have the power of God at work in my life. I hope that happens for you this week and you start to see these things pop up and God at work in your life in greater ways than you ever have seen before. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Midweek Motivation. To make sure you don't miss any content in the future, please subscribe, share, and if you enjoyed this, give us a like and consider popping by a Westside service some weekend. You can find out more at westsidecommunitychurch.com.